Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When people talk about transition, they're talking about shutting down industries. That was certainly the way just transition was used when it was applied to the coal industry. So they never should have used that terminology because I think what it does is it signals that they're looking at having fewer workers in this sector. And I'm not. I'm looking at having more workers in this sector. Premier of Alberta there, Daniel Smith, on this program a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the just transition which is what uh, the Trudeau government has been promising since 2019 without any details, for energy workers in Canada to transition over to the low uh, impact or the zero um, emissions energy. Now we're finding out, or at least Tom Korski did at Black Locks Reporter, intercepted an email or received an email that was going to the environment minister suggesting that, well, things are not going to turn out as well as they predicted. And uh, with the environment minister having said, there'll be more jobs than there are people. Well, according to this particular memo, which they're now trying to backtrack on, and we'll talk to Mr. Korski about it this hour. According to the uh, to this memo, there's an expected major disruption for 2.7 million Canadians in this just transition. So Tom Korski will be with us. Later on, uh, the Premier, I asked, invited the Premier to be on this program today. She's been very good about giving us her time. And uh, they just told us they weren't able to to make it, uh, which is fine. I mean, I uh, if, if I'm turned down for seven years in a row, as I have been with the current Prime Minister, or turned down for, what is it, four years in a row by a guy who used to be on this program all the time, who still follows us on Twitter, the Premier of Ontario. How are you, Doug? Um, I'd love to have you back on the program, Mr. Premier. Anytime. You know how to reach me. You were on all the time before you got... What happened? Why did they... Premier, why did you suddenly become invisible to us? You You were on this program so regularly, and the moment you became the Premier, you disappeared. I don't know. I... Is it the questions I ask? Let's talk to Dwayne Bratt, political science professor at Mount Royal University in Calgary. I won't drag you into any of my issues, Dwayne, but thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm doing just great, Roy. So I, I've talked to, uh, as, as you know, I've talked to Premier Smith on a number of occasions on this program. And uh, over the last days, uh, particularly, there's been quite a bit of debate in the province And the main issue, as I understand it, being discussed and debated, leading into the Alberta election, which is just around the corner, is whether or not the premier or her government interfered with prosecutors concerning the border blockaded coots and the cases brought during the COVID pandemic concerning individual decisions made, re the wearing of masks and agreeing to vaccinations. Can you provide our listeners across the country with an overview of what this is all about? So there were three interviews, three separate interviews, where Premier Smith had 
said that she had called COVID pro- or Crown prosecutors about COVID cases and said, you know, are you considering these cases in light of the public interest or likelihood of, of conviction? And she didn't say that once. As I said, she, she said it three separate times. And there was huge uproar in, in the province over that because premiers and prime ministers should not be contacting Crown prosecutors. So then they backtracked and said, well, no, she had never done that. She had misspoken. Um, You're not supposed to do that. Instead, she had a meeting with the Attorney General and Justice Minister Tyler Shandro and his deputy, and that was it. And so that that was over the course of several days. And then late Thursday, CBC reported that a Smith staffer in the premier's office had been sending emails to Crown prosecutors involving cases uh, about the Coots border blockade. This occurred simultaneously to the the more famous Ottawa convoy, but in Coots they shut down the major border crossing between Canada and the United States, uh, and there's major charges that are at play here, not just blocking the border, but conspiracy to murder RCMP officers and weapons caches were found and, and all sorts of things. CBC did not say they had a copy of the email, but it it had been reported to them. Uh, The premier has launched an internal investigation with the IT department to determine they've got anywhere from 30 to 35 staffers in the premier's office. There's about 450 crown prosecutors and trying to correlate any communication between them. Uh, She had her own radio show yesterday. Uh, where she repeated that and uh, also said that there was an emergency UCP caucus meeting uh, that occurred Saturday night. So you're, typically you don't have caucus meetings on a Saturday. You don't have those at short notice. Um, so something is, something is afoot here because the stuff around the emails just not, did not come out of a vacuum but came out of her previous statements about calling Crown prosecutors. And we know she was opposed to many COVID restrictions. She has publicly apologized on behalf of the government for that. She had pledged and then backtracked on providing amnesty for those convicted or putting it in the Human Rights Code. So we we know her position on this. The question is, was she directing for uh, herself or through her people prosecutors about uh, judicial decisions. If I understand correctly, prosecutors uh, have not said they received any such communication, yes? Uh, they have anonymously to CBC. We, we don't have anybody on the, on the record at this point. Yeah, anonymously doesn't And that's work part of the investigation. Me. Yeah. And I'm not providing cover fire for anybody here because it's a very important issue. We know what, uh, what happened. Well, we don't know all the details. We deserve to know more about the SNC-Lavalin situation and the Prime Minister and uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould, then his Justice Minister and Solicitor General, and interference with the, uh, by Trudeau with, uh, with, Ms. Justin, with uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould, which the Ethics Commissioner convicted the Prime Minister of. So it's a, it's a, very, it's a major issue. If you're, well, the, uh, if you're the leader of government and you're, and you're interfering prosecutors, that's a big deal. That is a very big deal, um, and there was an internal investigation, or n- not an internal, an external investigation by former Supreme Court Justice, in addition to the Ethics Commissioner, about uh, the undue pressure that, that Jody Wilson-Raybould was, was getting. Um, and, you know, just as a reminder, that was a major scandal, remains a big scandal, and heads rolled 
cabinet ministers lost their jobs. Um, yeah, the cabinet ministers gone. lost Michael their jobs. They, they shouldn't have lost and their jobs, Dwayne. You know that, and I know that. Jody Bolson-Raybould shouldn't have lost her job, and neither should Jane Philpott. So, I mean, that's my a, point is that out of that scandal, the clerk of the Privy Council, the principal secretary of the prime minister, and two cabinet ministers were gone. Yeah. Uh, and it contributed to uh, Trudeau going from a majority to a minority government. And what, what, I don't think the, uh, the, the stench of that scandal has ever left him. No, it hasn't. Well, what's your sense? What does your, uh, your sense tell you what's going on in your province? Yeah, I mean, it's it's chaotic. <laughs> I mean, you began with the clip around the just transition. That was going to be the story of the week. Right. And then it gets sidetracked by this, this stuff about COVID. The premier has wants desperately to relitigate uh, COVID. Um, and many Albertans simply want to move on from that. Because the other big story uh, from Thursday was the appointment of Preston Manning to lead a uh, inquiry into any potential harms caused by public health uh, restrictions by both the federal and the provincial government. So COVID uh, was one of the reasons with the Sovereignty Act that she became leader, that she became premier. Uh, there is a subsection of Albertans who strongly support Smith and, and supported her campaign and that's where the amnesty comment came in. That's where the um, put it uh, entrenched in the public health uh, or in the uh, Human Rights Act, where she pledged in her very first press conference that the unvaccinated were the most discriminated group uh, against uh, in her lifetime. She's had to walk some of these statements back, uh, and the the potential of correspondence with, with Crown prosecutors is just one more example of that, but the most serious of those. So uh, one more question for you. What kind of election campaign are you uh, expecting in Alberta? Well, I, it, it is clear, and you saw that with the comments around the just transition, that Smith wants to run against Trudeau and Jagmeet Singh and link Rachel Notley to them. She often refers to Notley as, uh, uh, as uh, Jagmeet Singh being her boss. Uh, she has demanded, and, and Notley, in fact, has now repudiated the just transition as well. So that's the Smith strategy. I think it's to fight Ottawa and link Notley with Trudeau. And I think the Notley approach is just to talk about all of the drama and intrigue within the UCP party that existed under Kenny and seems to still be going on with, with Daniel Smith. Mm -hmm. We're now about four months out of an election campaign. And so there's just so much going on. The just transition stuff that occurred on, on Monday, uh, they roll out of the affordability package, which were checks to uh, certain groups in, in Alberta. That kicked in on the Thursday. Uh, then the appointment of Manning to lead a COVID inquiry. And then the CBC story about uh, staffers communicating with Crown prosecutors. So every day, my God, Roy, there's, there's something new here. Well, I, I, there was a time when provincial elections were not necessarily boring, but they weren't terribly eventful. And, and, and that's all changing. We also have in Quebec, we have Legault uh, challenging uh, Trudeau and saying he's taking away Quebec's right to be a nation within a nation. It just... <laughs> The tornadoes uh, just flying everywhere. Dwayne, oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, okay. 
Well, no, go ahead. Finish your thought. Well, I was, I was just going to say, yeah, uh, national unity, our issues are what they were like back in the early 1990s. Exactly. So threats coming from Quebec and threats coming from the Perth. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 